you often hear players or coaches talk about burning the tape after a bad loss. But yesterday's win over the Colorado Avalanche was a clear keep the tape game for the Boston Bruins. We're going to talk about some key takeaways from that victory and take a look at what's next for the black and gold here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, February 22nd, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube, so please hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, podcast form, and watch on YouTube uh, at your convenience. Um, if you are on social media, you can follow the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. I'm a lifelong Bruins fan covering this team for various outlets for 17 years. And yesterday's win over the Colorado Avalanche, quite unexpected and very encouraging for the Boston Bruins. You look at last week's loss against the New York Islanders, burn that tape. Yesterday's win over the Colorado Avalanche is one that that you keep. And that's exactly what Bruce Cassidy said after the victory. There's a lot of clips that the Bruins are going to want to look back at in a month or so and say, this is where all five guys were involved in the forecheck. This is where forwards are recovering for the defense, etc. Some really good teaching moments from yesterday's win, and it resulted in some goals and ultimately the two points. Uh, David Pasternak said, you know, they often talk about playing full games, full 60-minute effort. They stayed in the moment. They were really energized, and it was just a great game. Probably the Bruins' best victory of uh, the season. It was their lone home game sandwiched between a stretch of uh, nine total uh, road contests, or uh, 10, I think, even, uh, that will include a huge six-game trip that begins Thursday in Seattle and will end on March 5th in Columbus. So coming home, getting the two points, knowing they have a rough road trip ahead of them, and the fact that it came against the Colorado Avalanche, add it all up, and it's quite an impressive feat, especially when you consider they were playing without Brad Marchand who was sitting out the sixth and final game of his suspension. The Bruins did record a record of three, two, and one without him. And 
you know, Bruce Cassidy said, you just have to keep on trucking no matter who is in the lineup. They'll welcome him back. The Bruins will be better for it. And, uh, you know, just a better team when you put a guy like him back in the lineup. Um, the win over Colorado was especially encouraging because just last month in Denver, the Bruins held a 3-1 lead heading into the third period, and they allowed Colorado to tie the game with two goals in the third, uh, including the tying goal with about 37 seconds remaining in regulation. And then Colorado took that game in overtime. There's a reason why they're the best team in the league. They have a ton of offensive weapons who can put the puck in the back of the net on any given shift. Nathan McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Nazem Kadri's having a career year, Gabriel Landeskog. Um, in that one, David Pasternak said they played a great 50 minutes of hockey. Um, sometimes it just takes one little bounce to turn the tide. In that one, um, they had nothing the whole game. One little bounce got them back in it, and it got the Bruins back on their heels and fell short. Uh, you can be the better team and still lose, and that's the beauty of the sport, Pasternak said. They knew that. They can play with those guys, that they can skate with them, high skill and fast paced team. And the Bruins did a good job of taking it to them yesterday and keeping the foot on the gas. That is so key, especially when you're playing a team of that ilk. Any team in the NHL can come back on you. You never want to sit on a one goal lead even a two-goal lead, um, even just look at last night around the NHL, the Montreal Canadiens, the worst team in the league, uh, went up and tuned the Toronto Maple Leafs. Conflicting feelings there. You love to see the Leafs lose. Don't love to see the Habs win. But it just goes to show you on any given night, any team can win in the NHL. And even if you're sitting on a two, three, sometimes even four-goal lead on a team like the Avalanche, they can, they can come back and uh, get the job done. So the Bruins, even when they were winning 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, even at 4-1, you're like, it could come the other way at some point. Uh, but the Bruins kept their foot on the gas, played an extremely effective four-checking game, played a full defense game, full team defense, and were able to um, solidify the two points over a team that could very well win the Stanley Cup this season. So it's very encouraging. Um, you don't want to dine out on that for too long. You got to keep working. You have to keep um, playing the same way, night in and night out. And heading out on this road trip, you know, they're not playing world-beating teams necessarily. Uh, they won't be playing a team like the Colorado Avalanche on this road trip, but you still have to play the same 
uh, way and keep that effort going in order to be successful in the NHL, no matter who you are playing. Now, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops, as well as hockey continuing on. If you want all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, you can even bet on where the next coach is going to be fired. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Uh, It's not just basketball, like I said. They have you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC. BetOnline.net is your source for source sports betting in 2022. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Again, the podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So please do uh, hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I want to give some credit to Taylor Hall for stepping in and stepping up with Brad Marchand out of the lineup. Um, Bruce Cassidy said yesterday, over the years, they've missed Pasta for stretches, Bergeron for stretches. Marchand's stayed relatively healthy and consistent. Um, so Cassidy has tried not to look at it any other way than who's going to get some extra minutes as soon as that player is out who can take advantage of it how can they do right for the team without asking a player to go in and do what Marshan does taylor hall does have the ability to do some of those things especially the playmaking part we saw that especially on bergeron's goal yesterday he made a lot of nice plays over the last few games with those extra minutes still going to get his time Um, and so with Martian coming back, we're going to see again, that kind of top two lines built on those duos of Martian Bergeron and Hall Pasternak who plays with those duos is kind of up for debate at the moment. I talked about this a bit yesterday on the podcast. Uh, the line of Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith um, has been playing very well as of late, and Cassidy seems inclined to leave that trio together. Um, we'd like to keep them together, he said. Someone is going to be probably a little bit unhappy because someone's going to have to move around just the way it is. Uh, They're going to sort through it when they practice tomorrow in Seattle after traveling out west today and put the best plan together to see where it goes. That line of Frederick, Coyle, and Smith had a tireless offensive shift that directly preceded Pasternak's first goal of the game, just about 2.30 into the first period. They made it happen on that first goal. Uh... Av's defense couldn't get it out of their end. They're tired. They go in. They forecheck, create a turnover. Um, the defense did a good job keeping the puck alive. And um, Trent Frederick had a point-blank opportunity again. Hopefully, they'll start to go in for them, Cassidy said. 
you don't want them to get away from what they're doing. And the more you get rewarded, the more you stick with it. So hopefully that's their mindset. So assuming that line stays together, Frederick Coyle and Smith, we'll assume that uh, Eric Halla is between Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. Who goes up on the top line? Do you put Marshan Bergeron with Jake DeBrusque on the top line? Do you put Marshan Bergeron with Curtis Lazar, who's another right-hand shot? Do you put Jack Stanika up on the top line to try to get him going? Uh, and he can learn from Bergeron out on the ice? Or do you move one of Marshand or DeBrusque over to the right side? Uh, you know, the problem with this team right problem with this team right now is that they're very left heavy. Uh, and they're very kind of bottom six heavy as well. If you look at the top two lines, really they have four top six forwards, bonafide top six forwards in the lineup right now. And then you have some guys playing filler. Uh, I wouldn't say Craig Smith is a, a top line right winger. Jake DeBrusque probably isn't even a top line, top six winger on this team either, uh, especially on the left side. The only way he gets in is if he goes on the right side. I don't necessarily love that. He didn't thrive on the right side last season. Perhaps Martian might be better suited to move over, play his off wing. Uh, but Bruce Cassidy is going to have some decisions to make there, and somebody's going to have to come out of the lineup. Uh, Bleed, Nosek, Lazar have been playing pretty well on the, the fourth line. So has Nick Felino made a healthy scratch, making $3.8 million. He's only scored one goal this season. Uh, seems as though Jack Stanika could be on the outside looking in as well. Uh, those two guys, yeah, could be could be watching from the press box. Do you take Anton Bleed out and put Nick Felino in there because he's more of a veteran guy? You've committed to him for a couple of seasons. Don't want another kind of David Backus situation going on here. Uh, so that's going to be uh, an interesting decision to be sure. Now, uh, there's always the possibility of calling someone up, like a Zach Sinitian, to play the right side. He's been playing pretty well in Providence lately. Um, but again, I really do think we're less than a month away from the trade deadline. I'd love to see the Bruins bring in a second line center and also a scoring right winger. I tweeted yesterday, Marchand, Bergeron, Kessel. Uh, a lot of people in my mentions saying he's fat, he's lazy, he's a cancer in the locker room. I don't see any of that. Um, his addition to the Pittsburgh Penguins was integral in them winning uh, two consecutive Stanley Cups. He's regularly in the lineup, rarely injured, and can still shoot with the best of them. Sure, he's not the fastest skater in the NHL, uh, but he can still shoot with great efficacy and could be had for quite uh, quite cheaply on the trade market. I think they're asking like... 
a third round pick and they're willing to retain half of the salary. So why not? It, it, it's worth, worth the upgrade on the right side in my mind, especially if you're committed to keeping Craig Smith on, uh, on the third line with, with Frederick and Charlie Coyle. One other note on defense, uh, your Hovakinainen was a late scratch. Wasn't feeling right. According to Bruce Cassidy, um, an easy switch to bring Connor Clifton into the lineup. Uh, that's all he heard was that the medical team said he wasn't feeling right. Uh, is it after effects of the hit he had a few weeks ago that kept him out of the lineup for a few games? Was it a flu? Was he sick? We don't really know yet. So we'll see, uh, you know, if he's able to travel with the team. And again, looking at the right side of the defense, I see that as a big area for upgrade as well. On the left, you have Grizzlick, Riley, Forbort, Vakaninen, uh, Jack Ashan when he's called up. On the right side, you have McAvoy, Carlo, Clifton, and then Brady Lyle down in Providence. That's an area that could really use an upgrade. Um, do you bring in a John Klingberg, who's a very offensive guy, put Carlo down to more of a shutdown role? Who knows, but I really do think uh, Don Sweeney will be pretty active here heading into uh, the NHL uh, trade deadline. Uh, now, the Bruins, like I said, they're traveling to Seattle today so that they can get acclimated to the uh, West Coast time zone they'll be practicing tomorrow uh, so we'll get a good idea of what the lineup could look like in advance of thursday's game tomorrow and thursday on the podcast we're going to have some uh, seattle type guests and uh, i'm really excited to talk to talk to these people Uh, so definitely subscribe so you don't miss those two episodes all right I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Boston Ruins your first listen every day. Make your second listen the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone uh, help you become the experts of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I worked with Flip over at The Score for a time. Uh, he's a very knowledgeable hockey guy, uh, very Passionate, entertaining as well, so you don't want to miss uh, the Locked On NHL Fantasy Podcast. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. Mike Cole of Nesson is suggesting the Bruins should consider acquiring local boy Connor Garland from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, They did attempt to land him from the Coyotes before he was shipped to Vancouver last summer, and then he signed a five-year extension worth just under $5 million with the Canucks. Uh, Cole feels Garland could improve Bruins five on five scoring uh, points out. Some people believe the winger could garner a lots of interest in the trade market. Uh, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman mentioned the Rangers flames and devils are interested in him as well. With the Bruins, it always comes down to whether they have the assets, other teams, covet on the trade market. Um, 
the acquisition by the Flames of Tyler Toffoli probably take them out of the Connor Garland sweepstakes. But uh, if the Bruins could offer up a package of Jake DeBrusque plus plus, uh, it could benefit them. As I was just talking about, DeBrusque potentially has to shift over to the right side, take DeBrusque out of the bottom six, upgrade to Garland in the top six. That's a win for the Boston Bruins, uh, for sure. Frank Saravelli added some players to the uh, trade targets list, including Sabres winger Victor Olofsson, Stars goalie Braden Holtby, Senators goalie Anton Forsberg, and Blackhawks center uh, Ryan Carpenter as well. Um Let's see this list and check where he has DeBrusque on the list. He's at 23rd on uh, on that trade target list. And he mentioned Boston as potentially being interested in uh, a couple players here on the list. Uh, notably, um, yeah, JT Miller. Uh, who else? Olafson could be an interesting target as well. Uh, he burst onto the scene two seasons ago with a 20-goal season in just 54 games. Um, he is a pending RFA, 3.05 million AAV, qualifying offer of 3.25 million. Um, so that could be a situation where DeBrusque for Olafson, perhaps. Olafson's uh, 26 years old. And, you know, one of the issues is the Russ qualifying offer. Do teams want to pay it? Uh, Olafson, uh, a touch older, he was drafted in the seventh round in the 2014 NHL entry draft. Only seven goals, 17 assists this season, but he does have 42 goals in 158 NHL games. Let's average that out. That is, um, wait, 42 goals divided by 158 times 82. That's a 22 uh, goal per 82 game pace. So playing with the Buffalo Sabres, that's not bad. Um, You know, the Bruins and Sabres obviously have trade history dating back to last year. It's a a new regime there. Do they want to kind of uh, risk losing out on another deal with the Bruins. Who knows? But that's certainly a possibility. Olafson for DeBrusque uh, could be a, could be a thing. Again, it's you're looking for players who are potential RFAs as well, players with pending qualifying offers who've kind of fallen out of favor with their current teams. Those might be the best situations when you're looking at uh, – a trade for Jake DeBrusque probably won't be picks or prospects because the acquiring team could be uh, weary of meeting his qualifying offer and they want to dump a player who's in a similar situation. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Lockdown Boston Bruins, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, very encouraging win over Colorado, and they really do need to keep it going here 
over the next couple of games against teams that are uh, outside of the playoff picture in the Seattle Kraken, who've been pretty disappointing so far this season. And then they will also be playing uh, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the Kings are actually in a playoff spot at the moment, so they, that could be a difficult matchup. But uh, still, some very winnable games coming up uh, for the Boston Bruins here on this West Coast road trip. And we'll get into it, of course, here on the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast on a daily basis because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And that means your team every single day. Happy Tuesday, friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow with a special guest here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Uh, I've already said that, so take care.